you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL podcast always goes for two. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Colleen Wolf, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys and girls? Hey, Dan. Hi. Hey, what's up, Colleen? What's happening? Are you a little, be honest, a little disappointed you don't get your own intro? No, not at all. Okay, good. Yeah. You want it to be part of the group, part yeah. of the intro. It's a big moment. And, and Mark can exhale because Mark was worried I was going to pull some funny business and eliminate him from the intro. Well, you don't have that control for starters. <laughs> well, I certainly do. <laughs> not on mean? any level. <laughs> he could do whatever he wants with the intro. What are you going to do? Free will. Gonna well, well, the threat was to kick one of us off the show. No, 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 no. You misunderstood. I was going to kick one of you guys off the intro, and then you get a separate kind of... Well, I'm close with Sydney. I would just have it re-recorded <laughs> after with you, all your parts <laughs> taken out, and the <laughs> listeners would benefit. Uh, don't be so sure. Sydney, is that true that you have a close relationship with Mark? Listen, Mark and I are tight. Like I said on Twitter, he's never once tried to ban me from going to Disneyland, so yeah. I'm not out there. Let's well, right there. Listen, you got to keep it real, and it's about performance, and Disneyland should be earned. That's all. <laughs> she oh, is earning oh. it. Let's. How about that? Uh, oh, see, this is why Mike, Mark, and I are tight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a sycophant for <laughs> Sydney. That's what this is about. I'm surprised, Sydney. I didn't see you at Frozen on Ice on on Friday when I was, I was there a little. I was a little upset that you didn't like extend an invite. I would have mm. loved to be there with wow. you. Wow. Whoa. Sydney has a lot of like kind of buried heat. Her fan base should Mark. be called sycophants for Sydney. I was I was <laughs> producing the base. RJVP podcast where that was brought up and it was never. <sighs> Good plug, Sydney. Sorry. I like that. <laughs> Very nice. Now Dan and I have real heat. Yeah, now there's an issue. Uh, yes, this is the Tuesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. A uh, lot to get to. Uh, great show. I'm excited. Uh, we're going to uh, do some news. We're going to uh, Greg Rosenthal, the boss. Rosie, as some people call you. Mm. Uh, enemy. 
as others call you. <laughs> I can't. I'm, I was told I'm not allowed to talk about something that happened in the newsroom today. So I'm going to just say Uh-oh. that. Well, yeah, you sort of you just did a little bit. I know, but I can't get into it. it. It's it's that's all I'll it's, say. It's crushing you too. It's killing me. But maybe one day, like, <laughs> we'll talk about it on the show. Uh, I'm a friend to everyone in this room, and that's what matters. That's true. That's this true. will be told in the uh, secret history of oh the oral, oral history. history. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna Greg uh, wrote a uh, piece, uh, the free agent class of 2006, looking ahead. I guess a ranking of who are the best free agents. Uh, I find that interesting, and I'm sure uh, the listeners um, that, you know, their teams have floated on off to uh, that great big uh, football place in the sky, no longer <laughs> competitive. Uh, you'll be interested to see what's coming up in the free agency pool. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about Thursday night football this week. Uh, really one of the great matchups of all time, the Buccaneers and the Rams squaring off. So we'll uh, touch on that. We're going to get Connor on the phone. As promised, Sunday, uh, you know, we're going to touch base on his Madden franchise, <laughs> where that's at, because a lot of change is going on there. Uh, but before we do any of that, let's start uh, by talking about what happened on Monday Night Football. I like that. The New York Giants are back in first place in the NFC East, if you can believe that, following a 31-24 win over the Miami Dolphins. The star of the game was Odell Beckham. Uh, two more touchdowns. He is just unbelievable. Won an 84-yard reception to break a fourth-quarter tie. Also an amazing catch where he was able to uh, just showed incredible body control, getting his feet down and possession of the football in the corner. Eli Manning, 27 of 31, 337 and four scores. Wes watching it all and rethinking his thoughts about Eli Manning as it happens. 151.5. Wow, I didn't know that. Passer rating. Wes didn't know either. Meanwhile, the Dolphins are 5-8, and eight, mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Total mess down there in South Beach. Chris Wessling, you uh, provided the write-up for around the NFL, and I guess I'll start since I made that comment. Uh, am I incorrect that you you were not impressed by Eli Manning? This was all about Odell Beckham. Come oh, on. Come on. He had, what, 176 yards or something like that? It could have been about 270. Eli underthrew him on a pass that would have gone for a 90-yard touchdown. Oh, uh, yeah, because Eli was so inaccurate on Monday night. Just saying. Okay. Nobody could stop Odell Beckham. Brent Grimes, who really was one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL over the past few years, has had a down season. He had a – MCL sprain in October. Maybe that's why, or maybe he's just 32 years old. But Odell Beckham had his way with him and Jamar Taylor. So, to me, that was the story of the game. I thought Eli Manning had one of the best games I've ever seen him play. I've not been a huge Eli uh, fan in terms of his reputation compared to, I think, what his level of play is at over an average 16-game season. But I think this showed what makes him special. And John Gruden is, was a perfect announcer uh, to be explaining it while you're watching. In terms of changing the plays – and the quick release and the good decisions and knowing what the opposing defense is going to do and changing into the right play. And I think you saw him operating at a very high level against against a pretty lackluster defense, but operating at a really high level. And I love the fact that Coughlin had the guts to put it in Eli's hand and put it in Beckham's hand and throw the ball twice in that last four-minute sequence, including uh, with under two minutes left when a lot of coaches would have run the ball there. He let his best players try to win the game, and they did it. They finally made the right decision late in the game. I mean, they've blown five games where they had a lead and with less than two minutes to play this season. 
Eli to Beckham was working, and it got them the win, Mark. Yeah, I mean, it's this NFC East is a absolute portrait of madness. Six and seven, <laughs> three teams tied atop the division. But the Giants, I mean, it, it's it has to do with what Coughlin and Manning have done in the past. I can't get that out of my mind for some reason. But they have the best player in the division playing at the height of his game right now in Odell Beckham. And that's why, forget the Redskins and forget the Eagles. I mean, barring the rest of the faceless team because their defense is a huge issue, if they can just keep it going on offense, get those Giants into the playoffs. I thought for sure at the end of this game that Eli and the offense were – I thought they were going to find a way to lose the game. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's like almost a cliche at this point. So it surprised me that they were able to take advantage of that time and use it wisely. They converted on a lot of first downs and Eli, I mean, he made he I think he completed all of his passes on that final drive to to Beckham at least and just to see what they were able to do there and not mess it up. Plus they were able to run the ball too with Rashad Jennings when they handed it off to him at least. That was nice. I mean, Rashad Jennings didn't even get 4 yards of carry. This this team they you're right. The, the Manning to Odell Beckham connection is the best thing going on in the division, but they don't do anything else well as a team. I think it's been one of Coughlin's best coaching jobs. I really Whoa, do. In terms of the, down, Well, because he has no, the in least terms talent of, a, of any In terms team of a regular division. season and taking advantage of the talent. I'm not talking about the playoffs. Or Some of these like that. failures I'm, to close, though, you have to put it okay. up to the coaching staff. That's fair, but I, my point is this is a 4-12 and type of team. I don't think people realize how bad the, the talent is on this team. All they have is Eli Manning and Odell Beckham who is amazing because the Dolphins were trying to take him away. I mean, that's what they spent their whole – Dan Campbell talked about it at halftime. Look, we're sending double teams. we got bracket coverage. We're trying – our game plan is not to let Odell Beckham beat us. He is the rare um, East Coast North uh, New York athlete that is hyped up endlessly and is actually worth every bit of the hype. He is that good. He's even better. He, I mean, he West was calling him the best receiver incredible. in the league right away, and it's hard to really argue with that. Now, I think Antonio Brown and Julio Jones are in that mix, but it's hard to argue that Odell isn't right there. Look at his touchdown stats. Since week five of his debut last year, he has 24, and Gronk is the only player within nine. I have um, two points I want to get in about this, and one is Lamar Miller – who that was the worst. Absolutely <laughs> was primed to torch the Giants and lead the Dolphins to a win. Uh, midway through the second quarter, he had 69 yards and two touchdowns on his first seven carries. He saw five carries the rest of the game while Ryan Tannehill's throwing the ball 41 times. He wasn't injured. He said after the game he doesn't know why he wasn't part of that, uh, wasn't part of the attack. That was you can that was inexcusable by Dan Campbell. And the other point I wanted to make was uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, who is uh, – he looks like Jason Pierre-Paul. He's fast like Jason Pierre-Paul was before the fireworks injury. He is disruptive like he once was. He gets into the backfield. He's around the ball. But it's like when he gets to the ball, he runs out of things to do, and it's because he has a freaking club on his hand and can't tackle anybody. I think that's a fair point. I th- that 38-yard touchdown run from Lamar Miller, JPP should have tackled him in the backfield, and if he didn't have a club on his hand, he would have tackled him in the backfield. I think yeah. another thing, too, so John to Gruden mentioned it a bunch in the um, broadcast. I felt like I heard over and over again him talking about Ryan Tannehill being able to audible and how it actually worked a couple times, but he definitely needs to work on it just to get some consistency there. But I felt like Gruden mentioning it so much was almost – 
a sort of like backhanded, uh, like a sort of a slap to uh, Bill Lazor. Hmm. Uh, last that, word. That's true, too, but Greg this Rose. was such a Tannehill type of game. <laughs> it 41 was. passes. No chance. 41 passes, and it's it's all short stuff, and they tried to go deep, and he did hit one deep pass, but how many did he throw? Seven? Eight? And they only hit one of them, and he ends up with 5.8 yards per attempt, and it just it's just Learn how to use Lamar Miller right. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I like Lamar Miller. Last word, Chris Wessel. But if you've got three or four different coordinators or play callers who don't know how to use Lamar Miller, maybe it's something to do with Lamar Miller. There I think go. that every one of these play callers does not like running him between the tackles. Hmm. Campbell should fire another offensive coordinator since this is what he fired the last. Right. You've got a play caller with his second NFL game calling plays ever. That helps an opposing team. Uh, if you guys would indulge me, just something I wanted to uh, share with you. He's got it, slides across the goal line with that ankle in college ball. That would have been clean. Throws to the man, not the ball. Dear Mike Tirico, thank you for clarifying the rules on touchback during the fourth quarter of Monday's game between the Giants and Dolphins. <laughs> As usual, you provide instant, concise analysis on a section of the NFL rulebook that may have been foggy to the average NFL fan, me included. Happy holidays, and sincerely yours, Dan, podcast host, Los Angeles. Postscript. I agree with you that Eli Manning or Odell <laughs> Beckham deserve to be Gruden's grinder, not middling running back Rashad Jennings. Clearly your partner, whose work I also admire, cannot see the forest through the trees quite like you. I, I thought I was the only one who caught that. How can you take Gruden's grinder seriously ever again when he gives it to Rashad Jennings? Well, the whole thing is he's, he's trying not to give it to a superstar or something, I guess. Yeah. Like a grinder. It's got to be some lousy player. It's like the all Madden team. The, yes, the only thing that Dan likes more than inner office drama is Mike Tirico. <laughs> because this, it, and I agree with it. Tirico is an absolute pro, but we've had multiple discussions about your love for Tirico, and it's genuine. The listeners. Well, well that's why I wanted to start reaching out to him. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, he's uh, on Twitter, so maybe maybe uh, some of our fans will reach out and let people know. I wanted to do letter. something a little more intimate and romantic, and that that's a handwritten letter, which we don't see enough of anymore. No, I think you did a good job with that, Dan. Okay, so just remove the restraining order, Mike, and I can get it to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do some news. Are we gonna do this or what? All right, so let's start with. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who, uh, of course, were dealt a crushing blow on Sunday. Andy Dalton suffering a fractured thumb on a tackle attempt following an interception against the Steelers. They got a little bit of good news uh, on Monday. Bengals coach Marvin Lewis told reporters that Dalton won't need surgery on his fractured right thumb. Dalton, he's not going to play uh, in Week 15 against the Niners, uh, and the team is likely to take it week by week to determine his availability Um Ian Rappaport, the NFL media insider, said a return for the playoffs really depends, and this makes sense, obviously, on how this bone heals. Uh, listen, guys, we talked about this on Sunday, one of the biggest bummers of the NFL season. And, Wes, if you've been, as you've been saying this season, too many injuries are making the game not as fun to follow this year. But this Bengals narrative, Dalton narrative, having this wiped up would be, wiped out would be a killer in January. Hopefully we get him back. Yeah, football's a brutal sport. That's why he has so many injuries. But I think Hugh Jackson is pretty confident in A.J. McCarron. He's, you know, he told Peter King Sunday night, we're going to do some good things with this kid. We're going to open up the playbook. They kind of had to throw their game plan out last week. Mm. And A.J. McCarron still looked pretty good. He went down the field at least. He Their first play with McCarron was a throw, which I thought was telling. And his first 
com your second completion was a 70 yard or whatever it was touchdown to AJ Green. So they they stayed pretty aggressive even though they were behind in that game. I and I love this sounds very positive for Dalton. Reading between the lines, it sounds like they think they'll have him back for week 17. And if not the the wild card round. And I do not discount the Bengals from beating Denver in week 16 in Denver. It would be an upset, but I don't think it'd be a crazy upset. And if they win that game, they're probably going to get the bye. 17 points or less for Brock Osweiler offenses. Uh, since he's taken over as a starter. So they're not, like, ripping the, the league apart right now. He wasn't the problem last week Who? in the Raiders game. No, but he's not like a – they're not like a juggernaut offense. Here's the concern, and Bill Barnwell at ESPN uh, wrote a good piece saying, you know, don't think the Bengals are done just because Dalton's hurt. But the problem is even when he does come back, he will have potentially three, four weeks of rust accumulated – He's still going to have a thumb that was recently broken that's on his throwing hand. So to assume that he'll then step back into the lineup and be the Dalton that turned heads this year, Cincinnati is still in a very tough spot. Well, that's fair, but the other picture we could be staring at is no Dalton for the rest of the year and no Gronkowski in New England for the rest mm. of the year. Instead, what looked like an apocalypse 10 days ago is in a much better place. Well, this is the worst, too, because the last thing I want to hear about is Andy Dalton losing in January. Like, I, I can't deal with it. Oh, and yeah. I really thought it was going to be over this year. If nothing else, like, I don't even West care. Of I'm sorry. Like, the watching the Bengals is really, really fun. But for me, it was more about just, like, that narrative dying. I love that narrative. That's that's your favorite that's what narrative Chris lives in the NFL. For. No more. Well, not everyone loves it. Well, I think it, you're going to have to deal with it again. <laughs> well, I know, which is awful. Well, maybe in the Andy Dalton movie, which is coming to theaters in a, in a couple Ooh, of years, you got to get to the darkest moment. You got to get that injury for him to become the hero. This is how Andy Dalton breaks the streak, coming back from a broken thumb, and then he goes straight to the Super Bowl. You, gi you ginger like up Channing Tatum. I was going to ask, Tatum. who plays Andy Dalton? Ginger, <laughs> ginger him up, a little orange dye. Uh, put a crucifix around his neck, and away we go. Well, your wife is a casting director, so there's some osmosis. You're getting you're getting better at that trade. Feeling more like maybe yes. to Toby Maguire, like someone that's totally unbelievable as a football. Toby's like 43 now. Hey. Wow. He's got to get jacked up if he's going to play Andy Dalton. He's done it before. All right, let's move on. Chuck Pagano. Uh, <laughs> listen, let's let's be real. I mean, the Colts uh, and Chuck Pagano uh, are maybe at an impasse because when you get a 50-burger hung on you by the Jaguars, and you are now in position to not win an AFC South that's begging you to take it. Uh, Chuck Pagano could be in trouble, a guy without a contract beyond this year. But he he put things in perspective in, a, in an interesting way. Uh, I thought on uh, Monday he had this to say. They can't eat you. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. You know? So if the worst thing is, you know, a year from now, if I'm, let's say I'm in Boise this time next year playing with my granddaughters, I'm going to be fine. I like the way uh, old Chas Pagano went about that. What do you think, Greg? I find Chuck Pagano an amazing quote, and you can totally see why his players love him. I think you can divorce whether you think he's the best coach in the league from that or not. But if you went and got the 10 best Chuck Pagano quotes – he might take out any other quote, any other coach out there, maybe Bruce Arians. And I've done some studies on this. He's right. Like if they cannot eat you, if they tried <laughs> to do that, 
Well, that's they would be in a big. They'd be a big. That's assault at best and moita at worst. And I think we've learned things like that just in this very newsroom at work. I think we've seen some Ah, certain things happen, and you and you learn these lessons. Colleen again. Uh, referencing something that may have happened, but we are not allowed <laughs> at this time to talk any further. I love this Chuck Pagano quote. Probably my favorite quote of the season. It's a good one. It's true. I mean, they can fire you, but that doesn't end your life. He could, you could, you challenge yourself. You know, like Mark and I love Joseph Campbell. It's all about going out into that forest, mm. facing your darkest fears, becoming a different person. Wait, you're saying you like that Pagano quote better than Lashawn McCoy's "Chip can't shake." <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I will take Bruce Arians over Pagano or anyone else, though, in terms of That's true. the quote machine from the coaching seat. Someone compared to, compared Pagano to Yogi Yogi Berra a little bit, and if you go if you go with the top Pagano quotes, I mean, he's just got some he's got some good ones, and I do like like I do think he has it in perspective. Maybe maybe it is the cancer scare, which makes all the sense in the world that that I don't think he fears Jim Irsay. Like, oh, I think he, this it, it reminds me so much of Bruce Arians I, in. in Bruce Arians went through something similar when the Steelers didn't want him back. And if you watched Bruce Arians' a football life on NFL Network, which was probably my favorite one so far. Humble he, plug. Well, I'm helping the <laughs> no. network. Yeah, no, it's good. No, but th- his wife and Bruce Arians <laughs> and his wife were ready to retire to Georgia, and Chuck Pagano was the one who called him and said, hey, Ooh. come with me. Ooh, this good. even feels a little like he's preparing himself. He, he sort of yeah. knows what's going to happen, and he's getting in front of it. Well, and there has to be peace, though, at the, these jobs – are number one, there's no job that brings about more divorces than head coaching and assistant coaching. You're in there 20 hours a day. You know, your life is completely consumed. You're critiqued nonstop. And Sounds to, like an NFL blogger. To some degree. Maybe to come to the end of that, though, <laughs> when you see the writing on the wall, because a number of coaches are getting these quotes all the time, you know, how safe is your job? It's yeah. demoralizing. Maybe there's peace that comes with that, though, when you're, A, you're still getting paid two more years, too. You know, you're fine. Uh, in other Colts news, uh, Andrew Luck hopes to practice this week. So, they, I mean, they need Andrew Luck. Matt Hasselbeck is all sorts of banged up. He suffered, I believe, three different injuries in the loss to the Jaguars. Uh, so he hopes to practice, but I don't think he's uh, set to return anytime soon. So the Colts have to figure out how to get this done. Greg. We could see Charlie Whitehurst starting a massive game this Sunday. It, it sounds like Luck is out this week, and it sounds, according to at least an ESPN report, that that he's uncertain to play this season. Now, Luck said it differently, and so there seems to be some sort of disagreement whether Luck's going to be back. But you got Charlie Whitehurst. I also wonder, you know, Luck's going to be a free agent this year. Pagano's up in the air. It's just a weird thing going on is there is there any concern like let's not risk anything with Andrew Luck long term that's my whole thing like why why wouldn't you just see, as seeing what happens to the quarterbacks they've put out there mm. at this point I would wrap them up put them on layaway for next year because mm. that offensive line isn't doing any favors for them they're not going to beat any of the top AFC teams let's face it in the playoffs that's the way to, it's a defeatist way to look at things but it makes sense a little bit by the way, Clipboard Jesus versus TJ Yates is a real thing with the AFC South on the line. Oh well, then God. next week you've got A.J. McCarron versus Brock Osweiler. If your team doesn't sign a good backup quarterback next year, your GM's not doing his job. Mm. Well, and you could very potentially have, if, if we get Andy Dalton back, TJ Yates versus Andy Dalton again in the playoffs. He, well, he, the Bengals don't want any of that. Here's the thing. <laughs> I know none of us in this room believe it, but I'm sure somewhere Andrew Luck believes it and Pagano believes it, and there's people in that building that believe it, that if they can get a home game in the playoffs and Andrew Luck is your quarterback, there's a lot of talented players on that team. 
and crazier things have happened. This is the very week where we would we were talking about the Ravens having to change their entire organization. They had just fired their offensive coordinator. They had just lost by 35 points. They just hired Jim Caldwell, and they were six weeks away from winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're right. So th- there's at least belief in that building, I bet, that if they can somehow get this Texans game and they can just get into the playoffs, that who knows. You're in first place. You're paid, paid to win football games. Yep. Go, go win them. Yeah, let the Jags score 51 points. That defense, not, <laughs> yeah. not helping either. Holly, <laughs> not a huge Colts supporter at this point, it sounds like. <laughs> it's great. They are the, one of the more boring teams to watch. I'm, I'm Agree. That. Uh, moving on, the Green Bay Packers have made a uh, business move to lock up one of their best defensive players. Defensive end Mike Daniels signed a four-year, $42 million extension on Monday, according to Rap Sheet. The deal includes $12 million in signing bonus money and makes Daniels one of the highest-paid players at his position. Chris West what makes Mike Daniels special, and is he worth the money? Yes, he's worth the money. He's special because how many guys are pass rushers and run stoppers? He does both. He and Clay Matthews are the best players on the Packers' defense. We have the free agent list we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. Mike Daniels would have been in the top ten of that list, and this list is always a tease because most of the good players get kept, and the salary cap is supposed to go up above $150 million. Any teams that were in trouble with salary cap, it's going up more than ever because of all the TV money. I think this deal is going to look like a bargain because whoever gets out on that free agent market who's, who's good like Mike Daniels is going to get paid $13, $14, 15000000 million a year. Nothing is more music to our ears than listening to the boss pump up his own piece. <laughs> <laughs> Not even on the website yet. <laughs> I was just saying he was going to be on the list. He was a top hey, ten guy. Mark, that wasn't nice. It's the holiday season. No, we're, what are you going after the boss for? He's Apologies, ta- the he's boss. He's taken after me, <laughs> picking fights all day. It's just in the air. Oh, I said oral it was history. music to my ears, and I meant it. I <laughs> who's, like it. Who's that guy that does all the oral histories for um, ESPN? James, James Miller? Well, it's not for ESPN, but when, yeah, that's his thing. When James Miller calls me to ask about the oral history, oh, will you? Ta- I'll be like, yes. <laughs> You'll be like Bill Simmons in the ESPN one. Yeah, I'll Bill be... Simmons could not wait to destroy everyone and be the centerpiece of that book, and that's what he was. I will was be great. dishing like a Yenta. Trust me. I can't wait. Dishing like a Yenta. Colleen, I think, maybe, could be a... Maybe this will be involved. Colleen could be a, oh, yeah. a sneaky sniper, because at this point, she's going to be hosting her own show on, who knows? Exactly. ESPN2, CNN. NFL Now 6. Whatever whatever it is. ESPN she'll just get ready. hope. And she tells it like it is. I think once once she's maybe not being paid by the NFL, she's going to take out some people. She got that Philly spunk. I would argue, Wes, that we don't need six versions of NFL now. Because one is perfect. All right. Finally, uh, Greg, I'm sorry. I got to break this news to you. Uh, The Miami Dolphins lost on Monday night uh, meant that the Patriots clinched their seventh straight AFC East title. And uh, because of the timing of all of it, uh, you know, there will be no T-shirt and hat day in New England this Christmas. One <laughs> of Bill Belichick's time-honored traditions. You said how important it was to that team. The T-shirt and hat game. That's, yeah. yeah, he likes that. He There's three three days all year that can be the T-shirt and hat day. I think it's, you know, you win the division, you win the conference. And, and he said it's something football. that's important to the team, and he likes it. Well, they've always done it. Bill Belichick's not Sorry. a guy who, you know, they don't get it. May, I guess, I haven't really investigated this, they might just fake it and do it as, if they beat the Titans on Sunday. I think another Lombardi trophy will probably get them over that disappointment. I know, I'm just grasping at straws. Belichick knows how to motivate mid-20-something millionaires. <laughs> get some T-shirts <laughs> and hats going. Free, free hats free garb. 
<laughs> is that what it is? I don't know. I mean, it's working, isn't it? Seven, seven. No, uh, it is working. You know, seven Greg's been through titles. a lot this year as a Patriots fan, and I, I would say of all the seven titles that have come in a row, <laughs> I give you a lot of credit, Greg, because this season we in the we face to face saw the adversity mm. that a Patriots That's fan, true. the roller coaster that you ride, saw it in real time. Well, you're, you're just opening the door for me to talk about one of my most underrated uh, records in sports that maybe they could get a T-shirt for this, Dan, oh, if they can get a playoff <laughs> buy for the sixth straight year. I think that really says oh, about as God. much about this Patriots team as anything. No other NFL team in history has ever had more than four in a row. That was the Bill Walsh Are 49ers. You, <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> hmm. It's like how impressive know. is that really? You have to be a well, top it, four team. It is very impressive. Years. That's really impressive. Very impressive. And all of sports. Tim, I, Tim Duncan has more fifty one more fifty win seasons than twenty six NF, NF, NBA franchises. I just said it was, that's more. Well, that's I said it was impressive. one of the more underrated ones because no one talks about playoff. Fights, but that season. is saying that they're one of the top four teams every single year, the especially in this second era. Is after like a couch at this point. As the cherubim fly around us, and especially over Greg's head, I will agree that it is tough because you get you get the occasional 12 and 4 team that pops up out of nowhere, and all they want is show us respect, give us respect, many, give us credit. Well, I mean, they just do it year he, after. Here's year. the thing: look at the 2013 teams that got a buy. How many got them the next year? Zero. Oh. How many teams this year that got that got a buy last year? How many teams are going to get it again? Probably I mean, zero. The Patriots are great, Greg. Yeah, I regret bringing this Impressive, but they've got Brady, Gronk, and Belichick. Give any team those three guys, and you're going to win it every year. Look at Wes putting down the pail of water. I like that. (laughs) Down the hill, Wes comes. They deserve credit, but, I mean, to me, it's just not that crazy or anything. I mean, they've got Tom Brady. they got the greatest quarterback who ever lived. Yeah, that's true, probably. And the greatest tight end who ever lived. Sounds great. Your claim is denied. Not an achievement. Could You could say they have the greatest coach, quarterback, and tight end in history. Right, so that's your so that's your big point, saying they're not as impressive as very mundane, I mean, it's a very not, mundane effort by the Patriots. It's just not that <laughs> unexpected, I guess. They're so boring. Mark, I know there's been a lot of loot. Dan regrets that No, so it's like hard. it's a little bit stock, the Stockholm Syndrome with Mark now, with his Pats fandom. Well, I see no, you're getting I, aggravated by West shooting down the point. I'm not aggravated. Like, I, I see like, it. Don't make fun of the Patriots. I love them. I no, have I see it as them. impressive in the NFL for anyone to even get to the playoffs that many years. Well, in a Mark, row, knows, a Mark knows it's December. That's Sessler Patriots time of year. Come back on the <laughs> on the train. Giddy up. Sickening. It really is. All right. That's what's happening in the news. All right. Let's talk about uh, Greg, who's already had enough glory for one show. Now we will talk about his latest uh, <laughs> think piece on NFL.com. Uh, the top 20 free agents. Uh, free agency kicks off every March. Um, so we are just as a quick little look ahead now that we're, you know, in the final leg of the regular season here, uh, who will be the top free agents. And uh, I think a good way to do this, let's see, you have uh, 20 here. Let's go through the list, 20 to 15 uh, Derek Johnson, uh, Chiefs linebacker. Brock Osweiler, Broncos quarterback. Interesting. Janaris Jenkins, Rams cornerback. Danny Trevathan, Broncos linebacker. Andre Smith, Bengals right tackle. And Matt Forte, number 15 on this list, uh, Bears running back. Uh, thoughts about that group? Well, Forte is the highest running back, and it's a really deep group, which I was once I – dove into this I didn't realize that until then and I mean, if you need a running back this year you got Forte you have Lamar Miller you have Chris Ivory you have Alfred Morris oh, Doug Martin Doug Martin 
So he's the highest. He's one. the highest. That's, that's, Martin, that's yeah. my own fault. I forgot forgot it. And Legarrette Blunt. It's just there's a lot of interesting running backs on there. Imagine adding Forte to your team. Imagine if the Colts had added Forte. I love Frank Gore, but for, adding Forte to that team. Isn't that kind of what they did last year? Like Gore yeah. with the Forte of the. Of that's that not replace back. one over the hill running back with another. But Forte, if you watch him, hasn't shown really any signs of being over the hill. His numbers haven't changed at all. He's thirty. He's a few years younger than than Frank Gore was going into last year. All right, let's the Giants, the Lions, they could use him too. For sure. Uh, number 14 on your list, Kirk Cousins. 13, Sam Bradford. Ooh, that's going to get West. West yeah. bumped up Cousins. See? I'm All right. Eric. Well, I'm with wrong. Wes. I'm Nothing with wrong Wes. with that. I agree. I agree. Let me get through the next <laughs> few. Eric Weddle, Charger safety at 12. Uh, Russell Okung, the Seahawks tackle at 11. Bruce Irvin uh, starts the top 10. The C- uh, Seahawks linebacker. Let's talk a little Kirk Cousins, Sam Bradford. Who would be more desirable in free agency? If you're going based on what they've done this year, I think it's Kirk Cousins, no doubt. Uh, he's had a better season. Sam Bradford does nothing on a weekly basis that <laughs> impresses you. I mean, he just he throws for 250 yards, makes a play or two a game, and you hope he doesn't torpedo his offense. But he has not had a good season. I know scouts love him, so he probably will get – I would guess he'll get a better deal than Kirk Cousins, but I'm – I, I would go with Cousins myself. I'm with – I like Cousins more than other people. I think that we've established that. I mean, he's he's certainly someone that I would, as a coach, want to work with more than Sam Bradford. I just can't trust Sam Bradford from a health perspective, and I'm not that impressed with when he is on the field. Yeah, I mean, I look at the Philadelphia offense, and it's so just – with Chip Kelly so hyper-focused on that offense and what Sam Bradford's done – I'm not sure how he would be with other systems and other coaches. How annoyed would you be if Bradford was the Eagles quarterback again next year? I, I I don't know if annoyed would be the word. It would just maybe be frustrated, defeated. Something, <laughs> that's even worse. Something in that's, that area. That's maybe. So lower. That's yeah, Ryan Jaworski <laughs> tweeted out a stat that the last week the Bills played zero coverage, no safety help at all on a third of the Eagles' passes, and the Eagles could not make them pay. That's why you saw so many deep throws by Bradford and they could not make him pay. They were basically saying, Bradford, you cannot throw it deep on us, and he couldn't. Wait, you're saying Riley Cooper can't take the top off a of defense? <laughs> it's weird. Wait, so you must really think nothing of Kirk Cousins to put him under a guy that people aren't even protecting. I, in I think coverage. they're mid-level starting quarterbacks. I think they're replacement level, uh, and that's worth a lot. That's that right. It's already been established that Greg thinks so little of Kirk Cousins as to never give him credit for anything. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> I said – I wrote in the thing, he's – He's a poor man's Dalton at worst. I think that's his floor. So that's that's a good thing, and maybe he's going to get better and better as time goes on. I don't think there's any what's chance the Sam, Redskins what's Sam are Bradford's letting him go, ceiling? by the way. Because the same problems that we attributed to surrounding talent in St. Louis and bad coaching are still there in Philadelphia. He never went down the field. He always checked down in St. Louis. He does the exact same well, thing in Chip Kelly's offense. Dick Nick Full and Riley Cooper were big playmaking machines two years ago. That would be the mistake a GM would make is if that you if you paid Sam Bradford on potential at this point. We're way past they potential. They tried to, and he didn't take the money. It's time. Well, now that was his mistake. Now he's he should take – to me, he should take like a Mark Sanchez contract at this point of his career, which is not, uh, you know, too lucrative. We would love to get it, but he doesn't deserve <laughs> anything beyond that. But remember when the Eagles were trading for him, the Browns tried to give up a first-round pick. Other teams were Lots willing to give up first-round pick. Well, and that was before this season. If if the Browns or any team that needs a quarterback thinks that he's going to go be your answer now, I'd have major issues. Oh, with I think any they of those will. Front yeah. office. I think teams will. I agree with you. There, unfortunately, it, this is a more interesting quarterback market than usual. Cousins, I really think, is going to get re-signed. But Bradford, Cousins, Fitzpatrick, 
he has. I think Fitzpatrick is like Cousins in that he has more value to the Jets than anyone else. But he's certainly coming off. Where is uh, he on this list? So well, why he's is on the just missed? Why is he not on this I would, list? I would take him. I think over oh Sam Bradford Greg. and Kirk Cousins. Greg. That's you not, did not put Ryan Fitzpatrick on this list. Not above Brock Osweiler. Well, I wanted to go 25, but events this morning got in the way, so I just went 20. <laughs> and it's just. I'm about to blow the 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 roof off this not, entire scandal. It's about, it's about an anger right moving now. forward. And in terms of his value in the market, which is part of what it's about, there's no doubt NFL teams are going to pay Kirk Cousins and Sam Bradford a lot more money. Forget than about Kirk Cousins. What about Brock Osweiler? Osweiler too. I forget about even Osweiler because he's still only 25 or 26. But Sam Bradford, what, how does he in the middle of this list as a guy that's 30 with double ACL tears and Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing the best football of his life and everybody thinks because Ryan Fitzpatrick is 38. He just turned 33. He yeah, but he doesn't left. get to take Eric Decker exactly. and Brandon Marshall with him. No, and that's not even it. He doesn't get to Still take Chan Gailey list. with him. I think he's worth a lot to the Jets, but Bradford's 28 and I don't think other teams that don't have Chan Gailey. I mean, look, Fitzpatrick has been a free agent very often over the last few years. I don't think other teams are going to go after him. I'm disgusted. Here we go. The top 10. Bruce Irvin, as I said, with the Seahawks. Doug Martin at number 9. Malik Jackson, the Broncos D-tackle at 8. Eric Berry, uh, the Chiefs safety. Guy hates horses, number 7. JPP, so uh, number 6. Uh, the Giants defensive end. And, uh, yeah, we talked about JPP during uh, the recap of Monday Night Football, but I would have the same concerns about he's going to command or, or think he he deserves the type of contract he got before he was hurt, but I, I would be very wary if I was a team to give him big money. And what, I think this whole thing since July 4th, it seems more obvious than ever that the, he's not the easiest guy to deal with. No. I mean, is he even worth the hassle if he can't finish plays and he can't wrap up as a tackler? He does. And he's kind of a headache. He does deserve some credit, though, for how he's bounced back from he's that. Played hard. He's I mean, played pretty well. He's I'm the not best the best player in their front seven. But by Wes far. is right, though. There were months where it was like we haven't heard from the guy. He's on shutdown. We're trying to contact him. So circumstances were pretty well, crazy. They were, but they were. They were. But it was just, weird. He was yeah. just disabled, and he had a 15 million dollars on the line. There was a lot going. There were a lot of whispers that this was not the first time he had been hard to deal with for the Giants. Mm. Yeah, I think he might be the top, the number one player of this entire list that gets to free agency. Cause there, uh, yeah, I, I just think he's going to get there. And a lot of these other guys like an Eric, the one on demand is the top player on the free agent list. That's, that's what happened. Hey, tackle. Hey, look, we had Jarris bird. Number one, a couple of years ago. So. Who that was before his back surgery though? Who? I <laughs> Here is the top five. Cordy Glenn. Buffalo Bills tackle, left tackle. Alshon Jeffrey, Bears wide receiver, number four. Big Mo Wilkerson, the Jets uh, defensive end at three. Josh Norman, Panthers. Oh, they should have re-signed Josh Norman before this. Uh, Panthers quarterback, number two. And number one with a bullet, Von Miller, Broncos linebacker, one of the best players in football. That is a juicy top five free agent class. I love Whoa. Josh Norman on there, too. I mean, especially last year we were talking about how he was playing better and better, but this year has just been so insane. And then the fact that they've, they're have they undefeated just puts such a magnifying glass on him, too. The Dark Knight. Oh. And next week he faces off against OBJ wearing uh -oh. Joker cleats. I like that. <laughs> he, he, no, one's, no one's made more money for himself this season than Josh Norman. It's not even close. Doug Martin has certainly done a good job having a monster contract year. Mo Wilkerson certainly hasn't hurt himself, although he would have gotten paid 
beforehand. He Mo- wants to be the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. Most of these guys, though, you figure. I mean, Mo- Von Miller and Norman for sure are not going anywhere. I mean, those teams will find a way to keep them, whether it's the franchise tag or just a huge deal. And it's good to see, like, Josh Norman stay in Carolina potentially because last year that cornerback market blew up, and then you get Byron Maxwell, who we pegged early on as – being overpaid, mm-hmm. or we just we didn't trust him as a, as a number one shutdown cornerback, and the Eagles are paying the price. How about what's the uh, Patriot um, salary cap looking like? Little, okay, it's little middle. Alshon Jeffrey, Tom Brady pairing for the uh, ages. Oh, I don't think the Bears are letting Alshon Jeffrey go anywhere. You have Alshon and Matt Forte. Mm. Oh, Forte's not getting paid. Yeah, I think he'll he'll have to go. Jeffrey would be a fascinating guy to get on the market. I mean. He's about as talented going after the deep ball as anyone. Mm. Well, and what was their whole plan when they drafted a wide receiver number one last year, which was to – you got Brandon Marshall out the door. You're not going to let Alshon Jeffrey suddenly go and have that hole open up again. You wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think so. The it is a new GM and coaching staff than the one that brought him in, but you wouldn't think so. That'd it, wouldn't be make any, it wouldn't make any sense. The, right. the next time we really dig in on this will be when the scientists put their heads together and they come up with the annual – top 101 list coming out in February. I can only hope Michael Vick will once again be anchored <laughs> at 101 for five straight months. Ted Ginn was there for a minute. Yeah, so... Uh, che- good value, Ted Ginn. Check, yeah. check back in uh, then, but that is our look at the free agent class ahead. Let's uh, cycle back to this season Thursday night preview, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the St. Louis Rams. This game would have been uh, more interesting, let's face it, had the Bucks. Uh, not uh, laid down this past week and basically uh, put their season into uh, peril. Uh, so we got two teams here. Neither are going to go to the playoffs. It becomes a, a, a battle between uh, some young marquee players, Jameis Winston, uh, Aaron, uh, Mike Evans, Aaron Donald, Todd Gurley. They're your marquee names on Thursday night. I thought we had a cool discussion for the network hit. Who would you rather build around, Aaron Donald and Todd Gurley or Jameis Winston and Mike Evans? And we were almost split down the middle. We so were. Worse. So that means it's up to Colleen to break the tie Ooh, and prove like who was correct. And we're not going to give you the identity of which people were Ooh, on which like side this. because we know you favor Sessler over the other three of us. So <laughs> really? Please. Let's get into <laughs> that. That's news. I just Wait, that. that's I made, the news story. I made that up. Um, I'm going with the Todd Gurley camp. Woo! Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh, Old Zeuser Wesser. You know what? Welcome Wolfer. to the 2015 St. Louis Rams. Oh, come right, down. exactly. <laughs> yeah, you have um, the Rams. one win fewer than the Bucks. Right. The Bucks have a future. But the Bucks have a future. Yeah, but you could say that about Jay Cutler and Matthew Stafford earlier in their careers. You could say that about Sam Bradford and Matt Ryan after they won Rookie of the Year. Woo. You just don't know with young quarterbacks. You are right, Wes, but let's say that Take the after chance, where you are right now, there is indication that Jameis Winston will work out. And if he works out, he saves jobs. He's got them. He builds guys. stadiums. He revitalizes a city that's completely lost. A defensive tackle does not do that. Right, but if I have if but if we're building around, I've got the best running back and best defensive tackle in the NFL for the next half decade, and no one said I can't draft a quarterback who works yeah, out. Yeah, and you can also draft ten over the next ten years. That's like quite teams. possible. That's no, I mean, that's that's why it's a good debate. But the but Seahawks I drafted Russell Wilson. It, it, I mean, that worked out. It, sure, but Adrian Peterson has never. He's won how many playoff games? Well, what if the Vikings drafted a quarterback? And he's the greatest. I don't think I'm sentenced to never having a quarterback just because I chose. Look, how about the, no, you're back. just sentenced to having to search for one. One, which right. is how hard. about which is how fun. about how about the Seattle Seahawks who had a franchise running back 
and Marshawn Lynch hit on the quarterback, and then they became a dynasty. That's what I'm talking about. Todd Gurley, who is a Hall of Fame talent, and you could have Jameis Winston and hope he doesn't become Josh Freeman. You're right, but there's also seven teams ahead of Russell Wilson that didn't pick him that are back looking for quarterbacks. So it's not that, oh, by the way, I'm just going to plug this in in the draft and find Russell Wilson. Part, I mean, I just like Jameis Winston a lot, so that's part of it, is I do believe he's shown the sort of traits and the maturity in terms of his football uh, IQ going through progressions, the big arm, he's aggressive, that he's going to have a really good career. And then I also think about the Bucks. The Bucks have been in existence since when? 77 or something? I don't know. Yeah, the 70s. Right. I think Jameis Winston is already the best, you know, could be the best quarterback in team history. They yeah, but never had a franchise. Said, they have spent 40 years in the wilderness. But as Dan pointed out, he's almost as highly regarded as Josh Freeman was after his second season. Just nah. having when he had a twenty-five to ten TD to interception piece. ratio, and Bill Simmons and everyone else was going wild wow. about him. Oh, yeah. A strong piece Simmons on offense, a strong football. piece on defense. I mean, to me, you need that because the, nothing is worse than seeing an amazing, high-powered offense work and then having a dud as a defense. There we go. It, there are both ways to look at it. Either way, these teams have some nice pieces. Watch Thursday Night Football on NFL Network. Color hey, rush. Pay me, NFL. Hey, maybe, maybe the Vikings will. You know, lose out here, and the Bucks are still alive. How about that? All right, I like that. Good sell in the game itself. All right, let's uh, before we get out of here, uh, Colleen has her NFL Now duties she needs to get to, so we want to make sure that we uh, get Connor Orr on the phone. <laughs> we gotta we gotta check in with Connor uh, because we did we got a couple of things to talk about with Connor actually, um, who of course is our New Jersey correspondent uh, based uh, in the suburbs. He owns a home uh, that he pays a mortgage on. Colleen can relate. Yeah. But uh, perhaps uh, Connor is in a position where he might have regrets. And I think that you're pretty confident about where you are in your life. No regrets, Dan Hansis. Okay. Connor, are you there, buddy? I'm good. What's going on, guys and girls? There he is. He's back. <laughs> uh, Connor, first of all, let's let's talk about um, uh, you, were, you were with us on Sunday. We just wanted to check in. Um, Sydney, do we have the audio? We were, we had two phone calls with Connor on Sunday night. One that the audio dropped out and we had to retape, but there was a there was something that that was heard at the end of the first phone call that was troubling Uh-oh. to say the least. Yeah. So I wanted to resurface that. Sydney luckily had it in the system. Let's hear how uh, our first phone call on Sunday night with Connor went. Yeah, viewer discretion is advised. So mm. here we go. I like that. Repeat that point. You cut out on us there. You know, there's a. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> well, we lost Connor. Whoa. We should maybe get back to him. Let's wow. do it without him. Yeah, let's move on. Weirder things have happened on YouTube. We can I have more, more distressing was the sound of like a, a man falling off a building. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Connor, we need to know now uh, what happened. How did that first phone call get aborted? So when, when like, someone could kind of informed me that the connection wasn't great, so I stood up out of my chair to go, like, find a better signal, and I ran into uh, a collection of very flimsy aluminum shelves that hold my beer bottle collection. <laughs> oh, no! <And laughs> I, was, uh, I was essentially just, like, punished by, like, a hundred falling uh, uh, beer bottles. So it was great. It was oh, good. Good. so that's... Good night. That sound, uh, and let's hear the sound again of the the bottles. <laughs> so, all right. So you're okay. Is your beer bottle collection okay? 
Uh, for the most part, yeah. Mm. Um, you know, I, the good part is it's it's a it's a reward to be able to replace it. So you just have to drink more. <laughs> I, right. I'm I'm sad you pulled back the curtain. I kind of would have liked a, a 60 minute Ghost Hunters style episode mm. on that sound where we slowed it down and they turned it into like the devil emerging out yeah, of yeah gremlins or something. Is there any better mix of adult and adolescent than Connor? Owns a house but has a flimsy beer bottle collection that he walked into in the middle of a. Well, his fiance is also relegated to the basement. <laughs> right. And why are you doing a cell phone call from a basement for a you that's know, major podcast? In a haunted house. That's right. very Anyway, let's now let's move forward now, Connor, and check in with your Madden franchise. And I just want for those that are not aware, let's let's set this up a little bit. Connor is a huge fan of Madden uh football. Is it on your PS4 or your Xbox One? Uh PS3. Oh. PS3. <laughs> PS3. Uh and you ha- you play full franchise seasons where not only are you playing uh, the schedule. You also run the team from a day to day. Man, we should get a sponsorship out of this. EA Sports, come at us. Uh, you run the team from a day to day operational standpoint, right down to the pricing on the French fries. And uh, but that you have also day to day power of the roster, and you have been making some big moves. You run the Patriots, and uh, what you did do uh, in the uh, aftermath of uh, Deflate Gate, you uh, released. All the players, or they were taken from you by Roger Goodell. So you had to rebuild the roster. You made Griff Whalen the centerpiece, who uh, <laughs> in real life is a, a seldom used Yikes. wide receiver for the Colts. Uh, you made him the centerpiece. He was having a historically dominant season. Uh, but this was all set against the backdrop of a possible move by the Patriots out of the New England area. So can you now update us where we are now a few months later? So we won the Super Bowl, and oh, we congratulations. were absolutely thrilled. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah, um, and uh, and Griff was named MVP, and we decided on uh, a new location and name, which is uh, we're we're just absolutely thrilled about. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. I know there were there were different uh, options about where you were going to move. I think Tampa or the Florida San Antonio, area. Columbus or, Aviators, uh, Orlando, I believe, was an option. Uh, where did you decide to move the franchise? Uh, Columbus, and we couldn't thank them enough. Um, you know, it was it came right down to the end. But uh, you know, we felt with the people that we had there, with the culture that we were trying to build, uh, NFL say hello to the Portland Riverhogs. <laughs> <laughs> Riverhogs. What is a Riverhog? Uh, it's it's a it's a Super Bowl caliber football team. So you have this is the breaking news. The New England Patriots uh, are now the Portland Riverhawks defending Super Bowl champions. Yeah. Um, wow. We, yeah. Uh, and, it, and it just get, it gets better and better. Yeah, what else is but going Portland, on? Portland, Oregon or Portland, Maine? Portland, Oregon, but we're going to remain in the AFC East. Okay. <laughs> that will present some Terrible idea. issues. And, you know, that actually was crushing for the New England region that was maybe holding out hope. Uh, it would be in Maine and still be in the region, but no, other side of the country. Okay, what else is going on now, Connor? You got to fill us in. We got a new face of the team. Uh, Whoa! We're so excited to uh, to build an offense around Niall Davis, and uh, you know, uh, while we were really grateful for all of the service that Griff Whalen provided, he will no longer be a part of the organization. <laughs> Oh, no. Wait, so Griff Whalen, who had roughly 300 catches, and what were his stats this past season? I'm just curious. Uh, 215 catches, 
3,500 yards and 40 touches. Wow. <laughs> and you, so, you would figure with 215 catches, his yards per catch maybe not that high, but he's still going deep. Trading high. I like this. You're trading high. for not for long. So you decided to not pick up his option or just not offer him a contract, uh, and you went in a different direction with middling running back Niall Davis. Well, we're going to let, uh, you know, in terms of the specifics, we're going to let new head coach Doug Marone kind of get into why <laughs> we let him go. But um, I'll just say that the return on the trade, which not only included uh, Niall Davis, but Philip Supernaw uh, and a fifth round pick, we're wow. just elated. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's huge. That's value. Wow. Connor, what, is, um, what has been the reaction from the fans? How important is it for you to really connect with the fan base with the location and all the logistical things going on? I would say that there was a huge issue at first just because Portland is sort of the hipster chic capital of the world, and we sort of built a, like, $4 billion stadium in the <laughs> middle of downtown that will eventually <laughs> bankrupt the community. But... <laughs> Oh, it was it was publicly firing. funded. You're saying? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, no. yeah. There was no way I was paying for that. And uh, <laughs> no, you're part of the problem, buddy. <laughs> but I think that uh, you know, when you think of Portland, you think of a guy like Doug Marone. So I think they're really going to connect. <laughs> yes, at Bronx a, State at a of Doug level. Marone. Yeah, I, th I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a match made in heaven. Wow. Well, good. Well, first of all, let's let's just now break this down. Doug Marone, who went from head coach for the Bills to a, a, a meandering power play that led to him being the offensive line coach in Jacksonville. Now back as the head coach of a defending Super Bowl champion, the Patriots are no more. The New England Patriots are no more. They are now the Portland Riverhawks, River led by uh, running back Niall Davis. Who, who's been a healthy scratch the last <laughs> month for the Chiefs. <laughs> well, in a preparation. A lot of pressure on him. And Philip Supernaw is involved. Uh, Have you contacted Miles Austin? Ooh. <laughs> a lot you know of options. I think – uh, what we really wanted to do, I study Chip Kelly a lot, and <laughs> we found that getting rid of your best players after every season yes. uh, really helps move the process along. So <laughs> he was he was instrumental. I, I, I read a lot of his coaching lectures. Well, I mean, you've said it all, Connor. And, uh, you know, I would think we should do one of those Amazon uh, gift things where people on the Internet could help out uh, someone else and buy them things. we got to get Connor a PS4. Say. Yeah, it's about time. Um, but you've told us a lot about the Riverhawks. Uh, and yourself. Patriots. So, yes, this is always very revealing from a personal standpoint as well. Thank you very much for the update, Connor. We look forward to hearing uh, what comes next for, yes, the NFL Super Bowl champion, Portland Riverhawks. Thank you. And just to make sure you're pronouncing that correctly, that's River Hogs. Not River right. Hawk. Oh, oh River Hawk. It's a land animal. Oh, oh I didn't right. know that. Is that like an yeah. American euphemism, euphemism for a hippo? I was going to say, I've never heard of River a River Hawk. Hawk. That pairs well with what is right now an absolutely irate Seahawks franchise that has seen half their fan base torn away from them. <laughs> somehow this, yeah. this somehow got worse. The Portland River Hogs. All right, great. Thanks Hawk. for clarifying that, Connor, and we'll catch up with you soon. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. I mean, that. For a guy that it seems like it's kind of like the precipice of madness, he really has it together. I mean, he's an owner that he's – Nothing seemed mad about that mm. to me. What I like about he's Connor – charismatic, I'll tell you that. He frames the – had the obvious happiness inside the organization as we. We're just so happy to sign Griff Whalen. We're just so happy to trade the NFL's best receiver Collective of all time. thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a group thing. It's, it's, just, it's innovative. His, his moves as a GM are just as gutsy as his picks – 
but far more successful. <laughs> I'm almost surprised there weren't the Portland Gunslingers would have made sense, but River Hogs, uh, I could see that moving a lot of units uh, in terms of uh, equipment and jerseys and things like that. All right, that was great. That was sincerely tremendous. Uh, so thank you, Connor. That is it for Tuesday's edition of the Around the NFL uh, podcast. Colleen, thank you once again for joining us. Oh, my God. Wes is showing me a red river hog. Oh, there's a river hog. It's a hideous beast. Oh, that's cute. Uh, and Mark, you're welcome. You had some, oh, one little bit of yeah. news in this. Well, I'm looking at it more closely, and it, I thought it affected a sandwich bet. The Browns signed a free agent with the last name of Richardson, a running back, but I'm looking closer, and it's Daryl Richardson. Oh, uh, right. ah. so sorry. You know, Shoot. Trent That's had a workout on Tuesday. So. Mark and I have a sandwich wager that Trent Richardson will never play another down. That's where I come down on it. Mark is holding out hope. We'll see what happens. Well, it's fading. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, we will be back on uh, Thursday night. Of course, with our uh, Week 15 preview show and a recap of that uh, Thursday night game in St. Louis. So make sure you check that out and uh, make sure you uh, comment on iTunes and give us a positive star reading. If you comment, we might even read it down the line. So that is good news. Uh, But until then, uh, this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the wolf woman, Connie Fox, the boss. And la seed behind the glass. Till Thursday. What's up? This is Nate Burleson. I'm Real Mike Rob. A-H-E-O. Yeah, check out the R&B podcast. Go to NFL.com slash podcast. No, it's not. Hey, look. Slash podcast and iTunes. All right, come on. One more time. One more time. No, T.O. said it. He just said it. It's a wrap. All right. That was perfect. I'm messing up sometimes. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. 
Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.